0: Amen. This morning, we're going to be talking about living generously. We're continuing this series at the core. Go ahead and turn to Genesis chapter 12. How many have been getting something out of this series uh, at the core? Talking about core principles that make us who we are. How many, how many of you maybe have learned something over the course of these past, however many weeks it's been? How many maybe have been challenged a little bit over the past few weeks? Challenged is good. Challenge creates growth. Do you know one, one of the, the, the best ways for you to get stronger is to be challenged with things that at times can be uncomfortable? All right. It's getting real quiet. I know it's second service, but y'all be all right. To be challenged with things sometimes that can make us uncomfortable and force us to grow. Right, And it's important that we grow in the faith. So we have a handful of weeks left in this series. And today's one of my favorite topics. I love talking about this uh, in, 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 in many ways. And it's, it's something that's been in our DNA since day one. And that is to live generously. If you want an alternative title, we could call it this, living to give. Living to give. You can give to live or you can live to give. And it's much better to live to give than give to live. I'm going to say it again. It's much better to live to give than to give to live. If we're giving to live, it means we're having to give out of everything just to make sure that we make it to the end. But whenever you reach a place where you are living to give, where God has blessed you in such a way that you wake up every morning and go, how can I be a blessing to someone this morning? That's the life to live. Genesis chapter 12, verse one, it says this. Now the Lord had said to Abram, get out of your country from your family and from your father's house to a land that I will show you and I will make you a great nation. And he says this, what does he say? I will do what? Come on, shout it out. I will do what? Bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. Verse 3, I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed god here begins to release a word he begins to make covenant with abram who would become abraham and he begins to release this identification over his life and god begins to tell abram this that i will bless you i will bless you I'm just going to go ahead and say it up front. And I know in today's world, this ruffles some feathers and I really don't know why it ruffles feathers because it's what scripture says, but I want you to understand this. God's will for your life is to be blessed. Blessing is for you and blessing is for your life. I heard somebody say this once and, and, and you hear people say things all the time, just out of ignorance. I heard people say this, well, you know, Poverty is next to godliness. No, it's not. Poverty is just next to the dump and no one wants to be next to the dump. Poverty is not next to godliness. And people say, well, God just really isn't all that interested in blessing you. He really doesn't care about any of that. And if if that's the case, the best thing that you could do tomorrow is go quit your job. Because if you get a paycheck, you might be blessed. And if you're blessed, it might take you out of the will and plan of God. God's plan for your life is blessing. That's not just something you want for yourself. It's something God wants for you. God wants to bless you. How many blessed people do we have in the room this morning? Listen, this promise is for you. It's for the church. How do we know that? Because Galatians 3 tells us this. If you're in Christ, then you are what? Abraham's seed And you are also an heir according to the promises. One of the promises that God gives Abraham here is this. You will be blessed. Which means this. Part of the promise that we have as believers is that God will bless us. God will bless us. Now listen, is that the first thing he's the most concerned about? Probably not. But it is still a promise that God will bless you. He's obviously much more concerned with your heart being in the right place, with your soul being in the right place, with you being in alignment with you knowing him. But on the other side of that, he always releases blessing in the lives of the people of God. Are y'all with me this morning? Now, one of the promises that God gives here is blessing. But there's this if-then clause that God puts out. Because the passage starts with God giving a command to Abraham. And then God begins to say, and I will bless you. What is he saying? He's saying, if you are obedient, then I will bless you. If you heed my word, And you follow my command, then I will bless you. And in my opinion, the error we've had in this, there's several places we've had error when we talk about money and we talk about blessing. But let me just say this, whatever the church refuses to talk about, the enemy will pervert and twist and make it wrong. So one of the reasons we have money problems is because the church won't talk about money. One of the reasons that we have listen i 'm thoroughly convinced one of the biggest reasons we have sexual perversion in our culture and our society isn 't because of quote unquote the devil it 's because the church refuses to talk about these things and refuses to address them and thusly, they become perverted whenever the church should be the ones that are the leading voices and the leading authorities on these topics you shouldn 't need somebody else to you shouldn 't need some 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 worldly worldly guru to tell you about blessing and wealth the church should be talking about these things we shouldn't need sex seminars for us to know about sex we should be talking about these things in the church and by the way we are right now on wednesday nights these are things that we need to talk about and we can't just ignore because people are watching to talk about what's in the bible the bible talks about money a lot a whole lot It's not silent on the issue. It talks about blessing a lot. And this is the reality. If we are obedient and follow the word, blessing will always follow. Let me put it this way. If we work the word, the word will work for us. But if you refuse to work the word, it won't work for you. You can't just talk about the word and it work for you. You have to be obedient to the word and it work for you. There's not blessing unless you work the word. All right. It's real quiet in here this morning. I said, there's not blessing if you don't work the word. If you're obedient, then on the other side, there is blessing. And this is what I was going to say earlier. I think, I think one of the places we've had, we, we've been out of order, if you will. When I say we, I mean Big C Church. The church universal has been out of order. Is that we have wanted the blessing without the obedience we have wanted the reward without obedience and you don't get the reward without being obedient to the word and being faithful to work the word. And that's the way this works. You work the word, the word works for you. If we want to be, be blessed, we have to live a life of obedience and you can't live a life of obedience without being a giver. But i say it again, you can't live a life of obedience without being a giver and being a generous giver. Now, before we even get into any of this further, I don't want anybody to get the wrong idea because I know what people start thinking. We're not talking about giving this week because it looks like the light bill is going to be short. Nothing could be farther from the truth. I've said it before, 2023 was the, I said it on Wednesday night, 2023 was the... Uh, The most blessed year we as a church body have ever had. And anybody who's on our board of directors, which by the way, we have a board of directors that actually gets to look at the finances, not just be called a board of directors. They can tell you that we're financially healthy and stable, that we don't go spend frivolously, that we're very, uh, that we are good stewards over what God blesses us with. And anybody on our finance team or their board, they could tell you that. Uh, We don't ever go to the staff and say, hey, y'all need to pray this week or else y'all may not get a paycheck. Castle's been, how long you been on staff? Six years. Garrett's been on staff about a year. Some other staff have been here. Steve, you've been here how long? Nine years, they've never been gone to and said, y'all just need to really pray this year, this week, because if you don't pray, you ain't gonna get paid because we steward what God puts in our hands. Which by the way, that's part of living blessed is being a good steward. I'm just gonna go ahead and tell you right now, I don't have time to get into all of the intricacies of giving this morning. I can't give you a deep theological uh, um, dissertation on it, but I just wanna tell you this, we are not talking about giving because the church is in trouble. We're talking about giving because we believe that we're called to live our lives as givers. And whenever you live your life as a giver, there's blessing that's released in your hand. This isn't for my benefit. This is for the benefit of all of us in this room, that when we live as givers, God blesses us. Malachi chapter 3 is probably one of the most, most uh, famous and synonymous scriptures when we talk about tithing, when we talk about giving. i want to read it to you, I'll put it on the screen behind me. Malachi chapter 3 says this, Will a man rob God? Yet you have robbed me. But you say, in what way have we robbed you? In tithes and offerings. You are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be food in my house. And try me now in this, says the Lord of hosts. If I will not open for you the windows of heaven and pour out for you such blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. And I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes, so that he will not destroy the fruit of your ground. Nor shall the vine fail to bear fruit for you in the field, says the Lord of hosts. And all nations will call you what? Blessed, for you will be a delightful land, says the Lord of hosts. Malachi 3, once again, very familiar. And this entire passage has that if-then clause again right? Bring all the tithe into the storehouse, bring all the tithe and the offering into the storehouse that there may be food in my house says the Lord And if I will not, in other words, when you do this, watch what I will do. And I will open the windows of heaven, pour out a blessing that you don't have room enough to receive. But before he gets to that, he opens with this question, will a man rob God? And they immediately are like, what are you talking about? How have we robbed you? How have we taken from you? How have we done that? And God quickly answers and he says in tithes and offerings, which by the way, if you back up just a few verses, I don't have it right in front of me, But If you back up a few verses, he, he, he actually makes this statement, not just a few verses before he begins to say this. He says, I am the Lord. I do not change. People want to have this. I'm just going to, I'm just going to say it, this silly argument over If tithing and giving is Old Testament or New Testament, well, first of all, tithing existed before the law was even in place. Abraham tithed 10% to Melchizedek before there was a law. I believe it is a kingdom principle, that it is not a law thing. But even if you want to make that argument, that's fine. We We are commanded in the New Testament to give generously. And I've had people say, "Well, I just don't believe in that tithing thing. I just believe in New Testament generosity, and we should give even more than ten percent." Well, then why are you even arguing? What's the debate over? If you believe we should give more, praise God! Don't get mad at me. But I'm just, I'm just. Can I get in your business for a second? Is that all right? I'm going to do it anyway, so you may as well just say yes. Get in your business for a moment. Every person I've ever met that talks about that and gets upset when people talk about tithing, generally are not living in generosity at all. More often than not, there's some of the stingiest, cheapest people on the face of the planet who aren't giving to anybody. Well, why isn't the church doing more of this and that? Well, why aren't you doing more of this and that? Because you're a part of the church. Well, I just don't believe in all this. I I don't think the tithe is real, but we should give more than 10% of New Testament generosity. Great, wonderful. I give more than 10% myself because let me just also say this. I am not preaching something to you that I myself refuse to live. I'm not preaching something to you that our staff refuses to live. I don't look at giving statements of this church with one exception, our staff, because we're going to make sure that we have a staff that is full of givers. Because that's the way that we're going to roll. That's the way we've rolled from day one. And that's the way we will always roll. Because we're going to have generous people that are leading this church body. Because if we're going to be a generous church, it has to start at the top. And we live generously. We live with an open hand, not a clenched fist. This is what Malachi tells us, so that whenever you withhold the tithe, that it is robbing God of what is rightfully his and always belonged to him. I said it this way. This is reality. All of your increase comes from God anyways. Everything you have is because of God. Every dollar in your bank account is not because of you, it's because God. I know your employer might have paid you, but God is the one who gave it to you at the end of the day. So here's the thing. If I go and I take $10 from Garrett, from Pastor Garrett, and I say, hey, or Pastor Garrett actually comes and goes, I'm gonna give you $10 and then I go and I give that $10 to Josiah. Let me back up. If I take $10 from Garrett and I turn around and give that $10 to Josiah and Garrett goes, hey, where's my $10? I don't get to say, well, I gave it to Josiah. You know what that's called? It's not a trick question. You know what that's called? Stealing. Stealing right? And when God gives us something, but he makes it clear that we're supposed to give back to him. If we don't give back to God what always belonged to him to begin with. It's stealing. I have people say, well, I just, I can't afford to give and I can't afford to tithe. Listen, you can't afford not to, you can't afford not to. You can, But this, this is what we do. We take what God has said is his and we spend it on Starbucks, And we spend it on Netflix and we spend it on Amazon and we spend it at Dillard's and we spend it at target and we do all these things. And then we say, well, I just can't afford to give. It's not that you can't afford to give it's that you would rather do something else with the money that God has said is his. There is a stark difference between the two. There's a stark difference between the two. This is something that pastor Miranda and I, we've been married now for almost 18 years It'll be 18 years. And in our 18 years of marriage, this is one thing that has, there are a lot of things in, in, in a marriage that you can talk about and you can find middle ground on. And thankfully we've always been on the same page. So it's never even been a debate, but there is one thing that has never been in question for us. And that is this, anytime we receive money, whether it's a paycheck, whether it's a gift, Whatever it is, we're going to give and we're going to tithe based upon what God has blessed us with. Because that is a kingdom principle. And you better believe there were times in our lives where we were tested on if we would do what we said we were going to do. Especially early in marriage. Any early married people in the room, or we were early married at one point in time. Right? I'm talking about early married whenever you get paid and you pay your bills and you look at the grocery budget for the rest of the week and you go, Well, ramen and P B and J it is. You know what I'm talking about? Like, what are we having for dinner? Beef, flavored ramen. Right? What's for dinner tomorrow night? Chicken. Flavored ramen. But you know what we weren't gonna do? And trust me, there were times where that's tempting. To say, we're just not gonna give and we're gonna actually go buy real food, right? Not the stuff that has 8 billion milligrams of sodium that you eat the night before and then you go to put your ring on on Sunday morning. You go, well, it ain't going on this morning. But one thing that we were always faithful to do, we've always been faithful to tithe, we've always been faithful to give, because the base of living generously starts with being faithful with your tithe and with your offering. That is the base of being generous. It starts with being faithful to give in the place that God has planted you, faithful to tithe and being faithful with what God has released in your hand. This is the truth. Giving doesn't even begin until after 10%, because the first 10% didn't belong to you anyways it was God's from the start you can't give what isn't yours y'all with me? We see that Malachi, in Malachi, that if you want to live blessed, you must live your life as a giver. And if you want to continue to be blessed, you must continue to live life as a giver. Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter nine. Y'all get anything out of this? 2 Corinthians chapter nine. Now, once again, I want to be clear. I don't have the time to go into a deep dive about giving and tithing. This is really just an overview. And maybe on a Wednesday night in a few months, on we'll be able to do a series on giving, on tithing. And that would be really, really good and really something to receive from. But also just want to make this statement one more time. We are not preaching this because I'm going to take up an offering at the end of service. You can rest easy. There's no offering coming at the end of service. We've already done our tithe. We've already done our offering. That's already taken care of. We're not doing this because, like I said, the staffing may not get paid on Monday if you don't give in an offering. That is nothing could be further from the truth. Right, God has blessed us in an amazing and an incredible way, and he's going to continue to bless us. I've always heard my dad say this, God pays for what he orders. And if if everybody decided to not give tomorrow, God would still find a way to pay for what he ordered. I'm not here to guilt trip you. I'm not here to make you feel bad. I'm here to encourage you and to build you up that if you will live this life and live this principle, God will bless you. There are doors that are unlocked whenever you live life as a giver. I can have Will come up here and tell his testimony. He will tell you that whenever he came here, he was a different guy. That's a good way to put it. How long have you been here, Will? 2007, so 17 years. Will came here, and I think it would be fair to say he was, and don't get offended if, this is, if you hold this profession. I don't mean this. I'm sure you're different than the, the norm, but will, will, would, yeah, than will, was. Will would tell you, he was the stereotypical used car salesman. Wasn't a giver. Is that, is that fair? Was not a giver. Didn't have that perspective. And he came to the church and over the course of time, he began to get a revelation of living as a giver. And I can tell you, Will's an incredibly generous person. I'll tell you this right now, God's blessed him. He's blessed his business. He's blessed his family. And Will will tell you, not me, Will will tell you that one of the biggest things that unlocked that in his life was learning to live as a giver. Learning to be faithful to give. A lot of people want the blessing, but they don't want the giving. And you can't separate the two. If you want to be blessed, you live as a giver. 2 Corinthians 9 verse 6 says this, But I say to you, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully or in a big way will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity. Let me just pause here. It says, let each one give as he purposes in his own heart. Let me make this clear once again. Giving doesn't even start until you tithe. And it says not grudgingly or of necessity. That doesn't mean that nobody should ever say anything about money. It means that you give from a place of not feeling like you have to do this. or It's not I have to give, it's I get to give. It's not, I have to give, it's I'm blessed with the opportunity to give. Thank God that I have something that I can give. That's what's being addressed here. For God loves what kind of giver? A cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things may have an abundance for every good work. As it is written, he is dispersed abroad, he's given to the poor, his righteousness endures forever. Now may he who supplies seed to Who? Who? Seed to the sower and bread for food, supply and multiply the seed. You've sown and increased the fruits of your righteousness while well, you are enriched in everything for all liberality, which causes thanksgiving through us to God. Paul communicates this really simple principle sow sparingly, reap sparingly. And you can't Greek your way out of it. Sow a little, reap a little. Sow a lot, reap a lot. God's making this point. Paul is making this point clear under the unction of the Holy Spirit that whenever you will sow in a big way, you will reap in a big way and God will cause you to have all sufficiency in all things, not just spiritual things in all things, in all things. But I I also want you to be clear because the other thing that is made clear to us here. And it is made clear in Genesis. As a matter of fact, throw up Genesis 12, 2 again, if you will. It says this, and I will bless you and make your name great, and you shall be what? You shall be what? A blessing. And this is really the point I really, 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 really want to drive home today. And it is this you aren't blessed just so you can be blessed. You aren't blessed just so you can have a nice car and a big house, closet full of clothes, just so you can have the newest Nikes. Y'all like mine today. Aren't they nice? These are one of one customs I didn't buy. (laughs) Staff and leaders got them for me for pastor appreciation. Just so I can do that. He goes, Dad, look at these shoes. They're really cool. He's like, yeah, buddy, those are, really, those are really cool. He's like, they're only like $250 in my size. Like, Is that all? He's like, yeah, but it's really a good deal because they don't make them anymore. They don't make the Cactus Jacks anymore. So they're really, it's really a good deal. I was like, well, I'm glad you think it's a good deal, buddy. I really, I knew what he's he's pointing to. said, yeah, I knew what you were doing. You ain't going to outsmart me with that one. It's not just so you can have nice things. Nothing wrong with having nice things. Nothing wrong with having a nice car. Nothing wrong with having a nice house. Nothing wrong with having shoes. Nothing wrong with going to Starbucks or whatever. Nothing wrong with any of that stuff. Nothing wrong with going on vacations. You should go on vacations. All right. I got four people who agree with me. The rest of y'all, y'all just gonna work every day. Nothing wrong with any of those things. But God doesn't bless you just for you. And I will bless you And you shall be a blessing. I will bless you and you shall be a blessing. Whenever God begins to bless you, it's not for you to hoard for yourself. It's not for you to see what kind of kingdom you can accumulate for yourself. It's not about you. It's about you being a blessing to other people. God blesses you so you can be a blessing everywhere you go god blesses you so that your community can be blessed god blesses you so you can be a blessing in the earth as a matter of fact he even makes that point clear in genesis 12 he even begins to say and all of the families And in all of the families of the earth shall be blessed. Why? Because of you. And in you, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Now we know he's obviously talking about a lot of different things there. Not the least of which being Jesus is going to end up coming through this line. But the other thing I believe he's making a point is this. God blesses his people so his people can be a blessing to their community. God blesses his people so they can be a blessing in the community. And since day one, that's something this church has set out to be. That we were put here, not just to be inside of four walls and have good services and have a good time and shout and lay hands on each other and speak in tongues and fall out on the floor and roll and everybody go home and feel good about themselves. God put us here to be a blessing in our community. God put us here to leave an impact everywhere that we go. I want one of the testimonies of high praise to be that whenever they show up, they bless people in a big way. I want people to know whenever, whenever Sunday lunch hits after church and high praise people show up, that they're going to get tipped big. Yeah. Y'all probably heard it said before, how many of you have ever worked in worked serving before? Anybody ever worked serving? Traditionally, this is what I've always been told. And I'm about to get a bunch of nods and yep, that's right. I've always been told this. The one shift that servers hate working is Sunday lunch. Because it's when all the church people come in and they're the cheapest tippers of anybody out there. Right? Like Pastor Gary said. Or they leave, they leave cards. Jesus loves you. Well, or a fake $100 bill that's a tract. So you get them really excited for that $100 bill because they think they've just been blessed and then they read something that tells them how much they're sinners and God hates them and wants to kill them. Let it not be said of the people of this church. Well, you don't understand. You don't understand. You don't understand. They, my tea got half empty. Your tea will be okay. Oh, don't shout me down. Y'all got real quiet. I'm going to, I'm just going to go ahead and we, we, on, on Friday night, I had a not so great food experience at our date night and I got overcooked food, like way overcooked food twice. Huh? It was well done. Oh no, it wasn't good, MG. He <laughs> says, well done? He said, oh, it was good. No, I ordered medium rare and it came gray, right? the, uh, the, the uh, server kept going, man, it looks like somebody just put that in a microwave. I'm like, that's how it tastes too. But you know what? I didn't get mad at that guy and throw a fit and go, I'm not tipping him. As a matter of fact, it wasn't his, first of all, it wasn't his fault. Secondly, what kind of testimony does that leave for us? Because you never know, you, the, the, the server that you're rude to on Friday night might walk through those doors on Sunday morning, and if they see you and you've been nasty to them, what kind of impression does that leave in their life when they walk through the well, this These are the Christians who act like this? We're gonna live generously. And he actually, he, he came to us, he apologized, he said, I'm so sorry, they just, because of the size of the party, they auto autograded, please, I, you know, it's not my fault. I said, dude, you're good, man. It's all good. Don't worry about it. Everything's great. We appreciate you. Thank you so much for everything you've done tonight. Was my food great? Absolutely not. Was I, ha- was I glad that I had to pay for the food that I didn't even enjoy? Not really. But you know what? I wasn't going to be mad. First of all, I wouldn't let it ruin my day. Because I've got breath in my lungs. I have a beautiful wife. I've got four kids. God's blessed me. I could pay for the meal. Was it perfect? No, absolutely not. But God's blessed me to where I can do this anyways. Why am I gonna be mad and get all upset and let it ruin my day for three days? We just need to get over some things and just be generous. There's times I've gotten bad service before and left a bigger tip. Because I figure maybe they're just having a bad day and they just need somebody to bless them. What if we lived blessing people instead of seeing how cheap we could be? What if we lived open-handed instead of with a closed fist? What if we live? Listen, you better not be going around in a high praise sweatshirt stiffen waiters and waitresses and not. <laughs> don't let it be said of the people of this church body. If you're gonna wear a high praise hoodie, you better tip at least 20, 18%. Just go ahead and make it 20, 25. My standard is 20. I don't I'll just tell y'all, my standard, like my baseline is 20. Get bad service? 20%. They forget about me for half an hour, 20%. Because you never know what somebody else is going through. And I'm going to live generously. That's what we do as a church. Which, that's the truth. If you can't afford a tip, you just don't need to go eat out anyways. If you can't afford to tithe, you don't need to go in out and eat anyways. Well, praise God. You got real quiet on that one. You're like, yes, that's right. Mm, that one hurt a little bit. I ain't going to say amen to that one. We believe in living generously. That's not something we just talk about and encourage you to do. That's something we as a church body do, which by the way, let me just also, and I don't have time to go into the details of this right now, but we as a church body tithe. Once again, our board and our financial team can tell you that. We as a church body tithe. We give, we sow. Last year, and, and, and all of this I'm about to talk about that we just did last year as an example of how we live generously to bless our community as a body. I'm not including any of this when I talk about us as a church tithing. Last year alone, we supported over, over 128 students across the street at Callaway Elementary. Most of y'all know this, but we just have a, we, we have an agreement with them <laughs> that if they have a kid who's in need, we're going to take care of it. And we're going to take care of it fast. So that's right. We have people who we we'll have we we have kids who need bikes, who need clothes, who need socks, who need shoes, who need school supplies. And all every teacher that works across the street, they know if I've got a kid that has a has a need in my body, I fill out a form, and High Praise is going to take care of it. And about hundred and thirty kids last year received blessings from people in this church body and from this church body. That's living generously. That's living generously. And like Will said, it happens fast. A lot of times it's, we get it and it's done within the day. And the teachers and the administrators, their minds are always blown at how quick we respond. We're able to provide 50, over 50 large-scale meals to teachers and students and volunteers all throughout our county in 2023, including the entire faculty of North Bay Haven and the entire faculty of Calloway Elementary. And guess what? We do it simply because we love people. We don't show up, y'all know this, if you've been here any time, we don't show up and go, listen, we got to provide North Bay with a meal, so we got to take up an extra offering now in order to pay for this. We just do it. Most of you know we, we, we do a lot with Rutherford High School as well, and uh, we actually hosted their, their football banquet a couple weeks ago, Garrett, a couple weeks ago, and about a week before that, the head coach came in, Coach. Coach Floyd Nuke as we call him and Nuke came in and it just so happened that Willie Spears was coming in or just showed up actually at the same time as him that same day. How many of y'all you know Willie Willie's a motivational speaker in the area? Great man of God. We love Willie to death. But uh, Willie actually helped, showed up at the same time as Nuke and they were talking. I heard Willie's voice when I walked out of my office went to say hey to him. And Willie told Nuke he goes, "You know what? You know what High Praise's biggest problem is?" He goes, "High Praise's biggest problem is they don't know how to say no to people in the community." He goes, anything you need, they just say yes. And Nuke's like, that's the truth. And listen, our staff can tell you that's the way we are. Hey, so-and-so needs something. Yeah, we'll figure out a way to do it. Hey, they asked if we can provide a meal for this. Absolutely. We'll try to find a way to make it happen. We'll just make it happen, whatever we got to do. It's our day off. It's whatever it is. We're going to make it happen. We're just going to find a way to do it because we believe God put us here to be a blessing. God didn't put us here just so we can pray and prophesy nothing wrong. We're going to pray. We're going to prophesy. But if we pray and prophesy till we're blue in the face, but we're not meeting the needs of our community, then what are we doing? (laughs) Then what are we doing with Dario? Dario's the coach at Mosley Basketball. Pastor Garrett, I don't know. I feel like every other day, Garrett was like, I'm going to feed Mosley Basketball. Why? Because we love our community. Because we love reaching this community. We're able to bless over 500 teachers with just goodies and gift bags throughout the year. We served airmen at Tyndall Air Force Base. We were able to bless over 370 families at our first ever grocery giveaway. And like I said, we're doing another one of those on April 20th, over 15,000 pounds of food to bless people with. Why? Not because we were getting anything out of it, but because we love people, we love this community, and we believe in living generously. We believe living with an open hand because the open hand is open to give and it is open to receive. Live open handedly. A clenched fist doesn't, you may hold on to what you have, but nothing else is going to flow in either. Live open handedly, live generously. And I'm going to, listen, blessing is so you can bless others in an extravagant way. And let me just say this real quick, real quick. Two more things. One, you know, I was talking about earlier about how Pastor Miranda and I, we made it just a covenant, and it just was not even ever discussed on if we should give or shouldn't give. That's the way we've always lived. We've always lived as tithers. We've always lived as givers, and God's always blessed. Like I said, that doesn't mean there weren't moments that were tight, because there was more than one opportunity, especially early in our marriage, where you had an unexpected expense pop up, right? Or... All of a sudden, the water bill or the power bill in the summer pops up to a number you weren't expecting it to. Especially that power bill. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Bless God. I'm like, turn the AC up to 79 degrees. <laughs> Can't be in a Ford and $500 power bills. Not literally, but some of y'all might be. It may as well have been $500 whenever we were 21 and you get the $200 power bill, it may as well have been $10,000. There's been more than one one occasion where after giving was done, you knew bills were coming up and you're looking at the bank account and going, I don't know how this is gonna happen. Come on, y'all know what I'm talking about? Y'all don't look at me in that tone of voice. I know some of y'all have been there before too, but you know what we never questioned if we should give or not. That was never on the table. Well, if we just didn't give, then we could pay the bill. That was never on the table. And you know what always happened almost every single time? First of all, you wouldn't have ever known unless you saw our bills because we didn't go around talking about it all the time. Because we were just standing in faith believing for God to do it. We didn't go find somebody in the church that we knew had money and be like, well, we're just really praying and believing God for him to move on somebody's heart, for them to bless us. But you know what happened almost every single time? Almost every single time when we were in that situation and it felt like it was going to be, God, you just got to show up. Somebody would unexpectedly come to us and say, hey, God just spoke to me and he just, or they, they give you somebody, sometimes they wouldn't even say anything. Some they just give you the good old, the good old Pentecostal blessing handshake. Y'all know what I'm talking about? If you've never been on the receiving end or the giving end of one of those, it's much better to be on the giving end than the receiving end, but. For somebody just comes up and they've got some cash in their hand and they shake your hand and you're going, what is this? They go, God told me to bless you. And almost every single time God showed up and we were able to pay a bill or whatever situation we have, God supplied. You know why I believe God supplied? Because we were faithful to make first things First. And we were faithful to give even when it was difficult. We were faithful to give even when it felt sacrificial and God always showed up. Now, here's what I'm going to say. If you are now the person and we are, thank God, these people now to where God has blessed us and we've been able to be stable and he's blessed us in a big way. Whenever the Lord gives you that voice that tells you go be a blessing to somebody else. Whenever he tells you to take $100, because we don't do this anymore, when he tells you to cash app somebody $100 as a blessing to them, right? When he tells you to airdrop somebody some money, don't go, I don't know, I'm gonna have to pray about that. You be faithful to that voice that God puts in your heart. When he tells you go pay for that person's groceries that's in front of you and you don't even know who they are and you've never seen them before, you be faithful to do what God told you to do. Because as you may have had other people be the answer to what you were standing and believing for, now God will use you in a place of generosity to be the answer that somebody else is believing for. Whenever you're blessed, you don't just hold on. You become a bigger giver. You bless in a big way. And we have a church full of people who live in generosity and live as givers. One of my favorite things we've done the last couple years is our cake auction that we do at Christmas. And I love it because it's just stupid. What do you mean, Pastor? Well, if you've never been here for one, you would know exactly what I'm talking about. We have cake auctions just to benefit the youth. People just bring cakes that they made at home. Now, some of them are beautiful and some of them are really, really, really delicious. I know uh, Alicia Jones brought, has brought cheesecake the last couple of years. I think that one of the cheesecakes that Alicia brought uh, this past year went for like $1,100. And it was so good. And <laughs> she said, nobody shared. I wouldn't either. If I paid eleven hundred dollars for a cheesecake, I'm eating the no my kids aren't getting a slice. Nobody's getting a piece. I I was generous whenever I paid eleven hundred dollars for the cheesecake and now I'm be stingy by eating all of it. <laughs> I think in that cake auction we raised right at fifteen thousand dollars for the youth. And cakes were going for five, six, seven, eight hundred, a thousand, eleven hundred, twelve hundred dollars. And it wasn't because people just wanted the cake. Or wanted the cheesecake or wanted the cupcakes or the cookies or whatever it was. It was simply this. They knew God had blessed them to a point that now they could live generously and be a blessing to some kids and help send them on a trip that was going to be good for them and good for their lives. That's why God blesses you. Not so you can hoard and hold on, but so that you can be a blessing to other people. And listen, since day one, this church has been a generous church and we will continue to be a generous church. You know one reason we can't say no is because we believe we're going to have a voice in this community. And Proverbs 18 tells us this, Proverbs 18, 16 says this, that a man's gift makes room for him and brings him before great men. We have often interpreted that scripture to mean this. If you preach good, if you pray well, if you're anointed, if God just hits your life, that the gift on you, is going to open doors for you to have a big Instagram following and a million YouTube subscribers and be a Christian influencer. Right? Nothing wrong with any of those things. But I want to make it clear, that's not what that scripture is talking about. It's not talking about spiritual gifting. If you go to the Hebrew word, it actually is just talking about a monetary gift, something of substance, So whenever we feed Rutherford or Mosley or North Bay, or when we go to Tyndall or whatever it is that we do, one of the reasons we do it is because this, a man's gift will make room for him. If you want to have a voice in the community, you better start sowing into the community. Because just because you pray well doesn't give you a voice just because you're anointed doesn't give you a voice if you want your voice to carry weight be willing to carry some weight in sowing into the community before pastor garrett ever preached to the rutherford football players we were buying them pizza and gatorade and doing stuff for them because a man's gift makes room for him a man's gift makes room for him and we have too many believers who want everybody to hear their voice but they're not willing to sow and they're not willing to give. And let it not be said of this place that we want to prophesy to the county, but we're not willing to give some pizzas and some fried chicken and Gatorade and so into people. We're going to live generously. And as we do that, God's going to bless us. We're going to bless others. Doors are going to open and the kingdom is going to be advanced in our city and region as we are faithful to live generously, to live open-handedly, to live with extravagant generosity blessing other people. But listen, this starts with being faithful to give and sow in the place that God has planted you. And we are going to do that in Jesus' name. Will you stand up to your feet this morning? Thanks again for downloading this podcast. We trust that this message has blessed, encouraged, and edified you. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss a message here from High Praise. Also, you can follow us on social media, on Facebook, and on Instagram, and... Don't forget to go subscribe to our YouTube channel. We'll be back soon with another incredible message. God bless you and have a great week.